Now, I've been asked to do many things in my career, some of which I'm not very proud of. Voicing an intro to battles with bits of rubber with Stuart and Todd, well, that ranks right up near the top. I believe it's some kind of a podcast. So, um, podcast number ninety. We've made it all the way to ninety now. Ninety, and mm-hmm. and and what a what a guest. Yeah, the Joel Harlow. And uh, yeah, he's. I mean, I know he's done a lot of stuff, but I really got hung up on the whole uh, black mask makeup and Johnny. Oh, the black. Yeah, he's he's done crazy. I mean, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Lone Ranger for the makeup he did on Johnny Depp in that. Um, he won for Star Trek. Then. Not the Star Trek Beyond, though he was nominated for that also, but he won with Barney Berman and Mindy Hall for the very first new Star Trek that J.J. Um, Abrams directed. Which is an awesome film. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, it, it was incredible. I mean, it's it's lovely to get high caliber guests like that, but it's lovely when they're, you know, so willing to chat to us candidly about things. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm just very, such very a great. nice guy. He's a lovely guy. He was fantastic. And um, yeah, it was awesome. So uh, yeah, thanks, Todd, for arranging that and organizing that. You've been behind the scenes making sure. My that, pleasure. Uh, thanks for Joel for being so agreeable, made putting all this together painless. How's your week been? How, how, what have you been up to? Book um, stuff. It's, yeah, it's all book stuff. Um, I've, <laughs> I'm have i broke because I'm turning away work because I have to get the book finished. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I'm not broke, but not not pulling anything else in you know keeping keeping bills paid yeah Um, but it's all fortunately it's all organizational at this point uh mostly organizational and i just added a big new so i have two 32 inch monitors now side by side on my desk so i can have on one monitor i can have a chapter up on a microsoft word document i can have all the book caption all the image captions up on another page side by side and over on the other monitor, I can have nothing but images. So I can drop and drag from different folders to, to replace images and add new images and then just change the captions instead of having to jockey all these different windows on one monitor, nice. which I had been doing and was you know, lots of profanity. Yeah. No, and, too that, and now I'm actually enjoying it. You know, I'm, I've, I've, been waking up at five o'clock in the morning saying i want to go downstairs and finish working on this chapter um i'm They're really I'm, I'm being very productive so i'm i'm happy i'm still going to be right up against my deadline but uh, i'm enjoying it instead of hating it that's good that's good i mean i think it's a lovely feeling when you've got a nice job that you're excited about and you get up early and you you know pop in the workshop or your desk with a cup of coffee mm-hmm. yeah and, and i've been finishing up a couple of smaller projects that i'd have, have been working on for a while um, and getting those out the door. So that's nice. So, you know, getting things gradually off the plate so I can be concentrating on just getting the book finished. And that's nice. Excellent. What about you? Um, well, I started on a film on Monday, new film. And then um, that has been the, the culture shock of having to get up early to go to a job you know they're starting at seven they're experimenting apparently experimenting with seven o'clock starts so that's the workshop so mm. 
it's getting That's, up like five yeah. thirty to to get out the door on time and get there. But it's I made you know I've had quite a few jobs this year that have been in the workshop. I've done a couple elsewhere, but I think it's good to keep things moving. So I, although I did have work I could do here, I wanted to work somewhere else. Partly because when I've been running my own jobs, I have to make so many decisions. It's quite nice to just switch off a bit and just be in the workshop and do what you're told. This needs yeah. to be, we need it by tomorrow. And you just it, are you working with anybody that you've worked with before? I have, yeah. I worked on them with them before on the Marvels last year. It's the same crew, it's David White's crew. Um, but it's 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 lovely because they're a really nice bunch of people and they they've worked together a lot on loads of these Marvel movies. And so um they you know there's this uh, kind of a you know a, 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 um what's the word an economy of how people work and sure and yeah yeah i think you understand about that with with joel a yeah but that that shorthand you know of, of yeah. how, how things are and it's nice to be relatively new within that because they all know how they're going to do things they have a certain way of doing things and then how it's going to take and so so fitting in with that is really good because i think i've worked a lot especially over the pandemic you know i had a couple of jobs really nice jobs like the SSR of heroes and all mm -hmm. and the power and stuff of Amazon prime and things that I've, I've done in my workshop and you can get really stuck in that kind of zone of being away from everybody and everything and, and not having to travel, you know, there's lots of reasons to do that, but I think it's important to be out of your comfort zone a bit every now and then. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's keep the fresh. only way to only way to grow. Yeah. So I like to keep fresh and I like, I like the fact that I'm still working on productions rather than talking about something I used to do. It's something I still do. And it's, um so it's 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 it, it's it's awesome but i'm also having to finish off a couple of jobs at the same time so in the evening <laughs> i get back i'm working on the laptop on a couple of those things but what i did want to mention was the prosthetics event which was last weekend yes i haven't spoken to you really about that and that was a resounding success it was did awesome. anybody ask about me they did people wondering where you are they just assumed when they saw the banner that we'd be there together um and it was that that yeah. had been my assumption as well but uh, but no, but it looked, you know, the stand was cool. I did one podcast chat that was there uh, with um, Duncan Jarman. Um, oh, great. Which was cool. It was about a half hour chat. So we'll, we'll put that up in the, in the next episode or so. Uh, and that was really good. But what was weird was like when it first started, I'd set up the stand and I'm like, this is always the way I go to these shows. There's loads of people I haven't seen for a year or more. Yeah. And so I'm a bit nervous because I don't know what I'm going to say, who I'm going to see what you know how i'm going to feel i'm a bit like i'm going to get sort of in an ideal world i'd get pestered with questions and pecked to death with things and that's really lovely but what if nobody says anything to me you know what i mean i don't know and so so the doors open you know i'm milling about we're chatting to everybody and it's really nice and the trouble is i kind of know almost everybody at the stands now because i've been doing it a while so you know i have conversations with everyone what's the next one there's somebody else i haven't seen for years who's doing really well love to chat Gemma horner in uh from Cryland or was working at Cryland went freelance was was chatting for ages and then you know see the people from bolton and then all these colleges that i've been and then neil's materials is there and yeah it's just lovely you know having all That's these great people um and then you know the I'm, show i'm sorry i didn't get to go but it it probably was a blessing in disguise because you had book stuff man yeah. i got i got a lot of book stuff done that weekend oh that's cool yeah yeah it was very cool i think that, I think that was the weekend i actually set up the the new monitor so good oh that's good and that's gonna kill so, a lot I, so I hit the ground running yeah so well also i just want to mention that we recorded uh, you and i had a, a, a chat through my presentation because i needed your ears mm -hmm. to see, you know, how it sounded and what needed tweaking there were a few things i changed because of that um and so those notes are completed i had to complete the notes in advance like 
a few days before the presentation because I had to email everything off to Bolton, who were going to be taking care of the uh, audiovisual stuff. So on the education stage, um, I had a queue, a big, big queue to go in. Yeah. I didn't realize that was for me. I thought it was for Casus at all. <laughs> but apparently they were turning people away. They maxed out the room. It's 500 capacity and it filled up. Wow, that's great. I'm not surprised. Really, I'm really not the really least bit touched. surprised. But it's because I promised I had cookies, probably. But I did have cookies, as as people saw. But uh, Tiago, who runs uh, Tilt, the makeup mm -hmm. shop Tilt over here, uh, has now taken the reins of the uh, the prosthetics event show, um, and he did a great job. It was lovely. I had a really good time. He organised everything lovely. Um, obviously, I think he was nervous because you know Neil's been doing it for so long um, to be you know, new management, you know. Mm -hmm going to compare it to but honestly it went swimmingly from my point of view everything went swimmingly and it was really really great experience uh so the next episode i think what we'll do is we'll probably put that talk up that we had and i'll put the notes in it and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we did in it you know because obviously the the contents of that talk that i did the trade show is a standalone thing and we can do that yeah too as a post and then the next one after that will be uh duncan's chat as well so we've got three in the can really go up and, and a couple that's more there in, in process. so that's good um but yeah it was really good fun so thank you to everyone who came and said hello and and thank you particularly to um um a, a bunch of people that were were asking me questions about things because i really like it when you do a talk and you ask questions and i had you know some people help me at the end Karis from a college i can't remember somewhere in wales and a, a colleague and they, they were helping me pack my stuff up so that when it was done they took my stuff and they helped me carry it to my car which Sweet. is in one one journey it yeah, was that, that was that, nice you know and I, it was quite a, a big setup and i really appreciated that at the end of the the day when you're exhausted and i hadn't stopped talking all weekend and walking around non-stop to have someone say do you want to hand back you now and i was like yes i do <laughs> and they did <laughs> and it was lovely and in 10 minutes i was out of there it was great uh so i'm very grateful for, to them I've been getting some emails from uh, some Bolton students uh, about things that they're working on. Excellent. Is, yeah. Bolton, they're really, yeah, they're doing good things, man. And they're, they're, a lot of their students, you know, that, uh, that attend, they, they stay in touch with everybody, who, you know, who, who they had a good time at the college and then they leave. And then when there are trade shows, they still want to be associated and talk with the college, which is really nice, you know, rather than, oh, I had a horrible time never yeah. out there. It isn't like that for them. So that was really nice. And uh, especially um, uh, Rick, who was, yeah, he did the uh, a Twitch stream with ZBrush, uh, which might be, I want to check that out because that looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, because I think there's something quite nice about watching a sculpt being done in real time by someone that isn't a 25 year old ZBrush veteran, you know, because most of the tutorials, you see people that whiz through these things in no time at all. And so don't explain anything. And so don't, I think don't the idea of watching anything. him, you know, start with the sphere um, and then, you know, just, just make something in real time is, is actually from a sculpting in ZBrush point of view, invaluable actually, because you see how it actually plays out in real time and that it isn't this flawless, mm -hmm straightforward easy thing that just you know you drop the mouse on the floor and by the time it hits you know you've got this rough block out that's perfect it's like it doesn't like that at all um so that's cool uh but yeah i really enjoyed it anyway that's me waffling on we should probably just listen to joel holler now because he's far more interesting so let's do that hey todd <laughs> hey joel hey, hey, hey todd, how are you doing i'm well how are you how's the weather in atlanta Good. uh well i'm in, i'm in kentucky right now oh. so it's you know it's it's about 56 right now. I think by the time we finish this, it'll be around 53, 52, something like that. But it's all good because I've got a fire going. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. So just consider <laughs> this a fireside chat. 
so yeah i was just saying to joe about my my crisis of internet it was to do with the connection to the workshop not the internet per se mm. um and i was running around like a mad thing and i just thought i'd bring everything up to the upstairs computer which is in the house so there we go thank you so much for joining us this is really cool yeah, absolutely. yeah, well, yeah we've both been pumped about it <laughs> yeah me too me too um, i talked to i you know i was talking with uh rod maxwell you know about it because you know i listened to the one uh the um the podcast that he did with you guys. Oh, he's great. Um, he was like, ah, oh, you're going to have a great time. You know, your sense of humor is right in line with theirs. It's like, there's no, no, no pressure there, but you know, uh, <laughs> I think we'll have, I think we'll have fun. That's cool, man. I mean, I, I listen yeah. to uh, a lot of podcasts myself. I really like the medium, you know, as a, as a means of communication and as a source of entertainment. And uh, it always bugs me when I hear podcasts, uh, like really good podcasts but with people I really like, but they don't ask them the kind of questions I'd want to hear. Like I remember hearing, uh, I think Rick Baker, like when his book came out, he had like four or five in a row. He did like Gilbert Gottfried and he did the um, uh, Joe Rogan, I think, and um, uh, Mark Maron. And they were great, but it was just like, they weren't asking makeup-y questions. They weren't asking the kind of questions that I would want to hear. They were kind of broad yeah. questions. And so I think we kind of pride ourselves on not doing that kind of thing. We're very sort of industry focused and, I uh, want to get right. inside the skin of, of, of that kind of stuff. So that's that's in line with how you like to to think of things. That would be good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And then looking at some of your background stuff, um, I'm fascinated by your animation background. Yeah. I, I taught animation at the Art Institute of Colorado for 16 years. Oh, so fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm an animation junkie. Yeah, yeah, same. I when I when I started off, you know, in, in this career of creating characters, it seemed like the easiest way to sort of create a character and control the environment that that character was in, control, you know, the props that that character had, control, you know, the movements of that character, the wardrobe of that character, um, really everything about a character was animation because yeah. it's sort of a, you know, I mean, certainly it requires a lot of people to do it, but if you are just one person, you can, you know, you can create a world by yourself, you know. Now, were you and doing I, traditional hand-drawn or were you doing stop motion or a combination of all I of it? I was doing all of it. I was doing hand-drawn animation, cell animation. I was doing um, uh, stop motion animation with an armature. I was doing claymation. Um, you know, I would just get, you know, sort of found objects and animate those. Um, and I started off doing that in Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is where I was was born and I grew up. And then I went to the New York School of Visual Arts. And at the time, there were no, you know, no makeup effects classes. I right. knew that really that's what I wanted to do, but um, there weren't any opportunities. So animation you know, having, you know, kind of started off with that seemed like the logical choice. And of course, SVA had an animation program. So I jumped into that. And then while I was in New York, I, you know, I, I uh, we can get into that later, but I got a opportunity to take a class in Times Square with a gentleman, Dean Cartalis. It was the Actors School mm. of Makeup. Um, oh, SVA and, uh, is such a great school. I almost went to grad school there. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. I mean, it was, you know, coming from Grand Forks, North Dakota and, and moving into a, a YMCA, you know, in, in the city that was basically the size of my closet back home was a little bit of, of a culture shock. But, um, you know, I met some great guys there. I met some really talented, not only film people, but 
one of my best friends there, um, although we haven't really kept in touch, was Michael Giacchino, composer. Uh, I met him my first year at SVA, and then our second year, we, you know, we rented a uh, a place in Hoboken, New Jersey, you know, down near the projects. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he's, you know, obviously he's gone on to compose, you know, a lot of my favorite soundtracks, The Incredibles, which I think is a, oh, that's, that is a pretty amazing, amazing soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's a good film all yeah, around. He's but, good. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. And it's interesting that with the animation side of things and a lot of, you know, digital animation and stuff, there's still a lot of work that goes into it and how that all ties together, because that brings in sculpture and, and you've got to think about, you know, not just the, the physical object itself, but the arc of a character and the story and all that kind of stuff. Like you say, it's a, a complete thing, which is you've got to have a lot inside yeah. you, I think, to be able to do that. That's not something I could do. Yeah, I'm, I love your jewelry work here. The, the rings, <laughs> the skulls, those are freaking great. Thank you. Are you, now, Thank are, you I, I, are you doing those digitally? Or are you? Well, those, I think what, what you've probably seen, um, you know, like the ring that, you know, say Johnny wears, you know, like the Pirates of the Caribbean, that, that yeah. was all practically sculpted, you know, um, out in the jungles of Dominica and, you know, St. Vincent. Um, but uh, now that I'm, you know, sort of jumped into ZBrush with both feet, um, I'm designing and, and sculpting jewelry in the computer and printing, printing waxes and sending them right to my foundry. Wow. So there's no like, you know, there's no degradation of detail. You know, it's like I print the wax. There it is. You know, it's completely, you know, it's precise. It's better than I ever could have done with, like, you know, a micro tool or whatever in clay. Um, and then I get it back and, and all the detail, it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, just the avenues that, you know, I'll speak specifically about ZBrush that that's sort of opening up to me. It's like, Oh, let's try this. You know, let's try that. Like, you know, last couple of movies that I've done, we've utilized, you know, sort of digital a lot, you know, and, um, you know, fortunately, are you designing designing makeups in it? We've designed some elements of makeups in it, like horns or, you know, skull cap or, you know, fingernails, eyes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, there, you know, there's still something about, you know, getting fingers to clay that, sure. you know, I don't think I'll ever, you know, I'll ever get tired of that. I mean, it's the happy accident, you know, mm-hmm. it's like start smashing things around and it's like, oh, that that's a wrinkle. That makes sense. And then, you know, it can take you in a completely different direction, especially when you have a pile of clay that, you know, that, and, and, uh, you know, let's just say a head cast, you don't know where you want to go with it. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, I've always, you know, always hated throwing clay away, no matter how sort of full of crap it is and the little pieces of junk in it. So I'll just melt it down. I'll be like, okay, this is the junk clay. I'm going to melt it down and make some. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll just take that and then I'll make, you know, I'll sculpt the mask or whatever it is. And, you know, it's like getting on a sketchbook. Yeah, I was working on a skin texture um, series of pictures that are going in the next edition of my book. And I was using clay that I've sculpted with maybe a, a dozen times already. And I'm doing some poor texture and some wrinkles and pulling cat hairs out of it while I'm, while it's, <laughs> exactly. while it's going. <laughs> but it's but got that clay wants to be something. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. It's got the memories in it. Yeah. Alive yeah. And, you know, it's still yeah. there. <laughs> it's like the, all the opportunities, a pile of like disgusting clay, you know, offers so much potential. 
Mm. you know, like an empty note, like an empty sketchbook. It's like, what is this going to be at the end of a year? You know, what sort of treasures are you going to find in this thing if you could fast forward and then flip through it? So, you know, I just grab a pencil and start going, you know, and see where it takes me. I think it's cool. It's good with the the whole digital side of things and 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 using ZBrush. You can do both. I mean, to me, I, the the joy I think is is you know having scans of heads instead of live casts. They are way more accurate, certainly in terms. Oh yeah. Of, even if they're not as high resolution, they're still the form is better. Right. Oh yeah. There's no weight on there, and then you can go ahead and sculpt. You know, on a cast of that or a copy of that, or make duplicates, or um, you know, in the, in the four or five days it's going to take to print, you could maybe, you know, thresh out some ideas at least, you know? Yeah. yeah and and those, one. those scans don't take up shelf space. No, it's yeah. very beguiling, isn't it? The whole thing. It's <laughs> like changing everything. I talk to people like you, they're so enthusiastic about what ZBrush can mean to you. I think partly because you realize where it gives you wind under, under your wings because you know, like, Oh, I've got to sculpt this thing. And you do things practically for so long that when something comes along and relieves you of that burden, you really feel that rather keenly. I think, you know, it's rewarding, mm. but you need to have, I think that that background and practical to really appreciate it. That's what I certainly feel like. I, you know, I still dig the internet. My kids think that's just baseline, but I'm like, no, this is amazing. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's something, you know, there's something about, at least I, you know, for me, when I'm sculpting uh, practically, say, and it comes too easy. Um, and, uh, you know, that, it, it, that, you know, is sort of akin to sculpting in ZBrush, you know, sculpting digitally. It's like you can move stuff pretty easily. You can like, okay, let's spread the eyes a little more. Let's widen the mouth, whatever it is. And you can do it symmetrically. And, you know, and it's all sort of, it, it almost feels like you didn't earn it. You know what I mean? It's like mm. when you, when I'm sculpting something and it comes too quick, it, it doesn't, it, you know, I'll end, I'll usually end up destroying it because I feel like I didn't, you know, I didn't suffer for it. You know, yeah. I didn't, what did I do? I didn't what did go I do? through What did I do yeah. wrong? It's, it, it was, it, it can't be yeah. this easy. Yeah, exactly. When it's really, I guess, I guess is what did you do? Right. It's like, you know, but then there's That's none true. of those happy accidents, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, that none of that trial and error along the way that leads you down new paths. Yeah. Like jogging with stilts on, I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> make sure it lengthen your stride, but you're still running. But, you know, <laughs> some of the burden is not not down to you, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so how can I talk a little bit about what I find fascinating about what you've done is um, that. You, you obviously, you know, you work your workshops, you do the job. We won't go into the details of like sculpting, holding and casting, because that's what we talk about all the time. But sure. um, you go from that to like running a shop and being, you know, in, yeah. in, in, in control of a lot of people. But you still presumably get hands on when you can. You don't want to be somebody that just answers the phone and goes to meetings all the time, because I'm sure that would drive you. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Any creative people. So do you carve time out for yourself to still do things? Because I think it's really important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, whenever I can, I'll, I'll design, you know, if nothing else, I'll design. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I pretty much every, every show I've done, whether I'm, you know, sort of the creature effects designer or the department head or whatever it is, I'll, I'll still get hands to, you know, hands to material. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cause that's what I started doing. And it's like, I figured if, if I get to a place where I can't do that anymore and I'm just sort of pushing paper and you know taking meetings then you know that the the spark you know at that point is being taken away you know mm-hmm. and I, I i you know 
obviously I rely heavily on, you know, my crew and, you know, and, and I'm very lucky to have some really talented people that have been with me for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, better sculptors than me, better painters, better application people, but I'm not, you know, I don't want to give all that to them. You know, I want to keep some of that for myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is tough when I can't get my hands in as much as I want to. Um, but I, I'll try to get at least one or two characters, depending on what the show is, um, one or two characters and, and make those sort of my own, you know, stamp them with my own sort of artistic signature. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a tough thing. You've got these big, big jobs when there's, you know, 50 yeah. characters or more. You can't do it all. So you have to, to pass it on, but you have to know your job well enough to be able to spot things and be able to kind of pick people up and keep them on track so that there's a, yeah. you know, a group unity. Although, like you say, when you have a big group, I mean, that's what I've found working where I'm working at the moment. The, there are people that have been on from job to job to job and they just trust and know and they have a shorthand and it economizes yeah. the, the movements that you can make because everybody knows what you're likely to get and how quickly things take and, you look at those yeah. points. So that must be a nice thing to foster that. And, you know, your, your team that you're proud of. Yeah, have no, you, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Have you found that working digitally has helped streamline some of the process of, of uh, the practical work? Say, you know, the, the amount of character pieces you've had to create for um, Wakanda. Yeah. As, I mean, as an example. Yeah, absolutely. For an example, we, we did, uh, you know, we had a live cast. We did, uh, you know, the, telekineal kind of wear these rebreathers you know throughout the film that are on their shoulders and around their face and you know nobody's face is the same as anybody else's so i figured okay what we're going to do is we're going to do you know small medium and large male female you know the female being a little smaller than the male and and slightly different design so i sculpted one we scanned it and then rod uh, maxwell who was with me on the show reduced it and enlarged it. And the the one that I sculpted was the, you know, sort of the 100% had a 110 and a 90. Um, And then, you know, and then we, we would create our molds, you know, in in the computer, you know, and and grow the molds and, you know, go from there. Um, And, you know, we were doing that, not just for those pieces, but also for the, you know, the, the river tribe with the lip plates and, um, uh, you know, uh, Stuart, you mentioned the um, the accuracy of a digital scan. Um, th- that was never more apparent to me than when we redesigned uh, Denai's head stencil. She plays a Koya. She's got this tattoo on her head. And we got a scan of her from the first film. You know, I had a life cast on, but we got a scan of her and we grew, we grew the stencils based on the scan as opposed to the life cast. We scan, we also scan the life cast. Life cast has, you know, even though she was, head was shaved and she was bald, had little divots in it and the stencil, it was imperative that it, it landed perfectly, you know, sucked in everywhere, you know, and you're talking about, you know, dozens of lines per section. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think we could have done that, you know, without, you know, digital technology, without a scanner you know, and without a, a printer and, you know, without, uh, you know, ZBrush. What scanner were you using? It was the uh, Space Spider, the oh, Artec yeah, Spider. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it was well. I invested in that. I was like, 
car, that, now nah, go with that. <laughs> yeah, Stuart and I have expelled a lot of profanity getting getting comfortable with that scanner. Yeah, that it's, interface it's, it's, is it's amazing. not good. No, yeah, that was some of the feedback that we gave our tech that uh, we hope that their engineers will take into account as as more and more uh, entertainment people are using yeah. that scanner because it still seems very engineer oriented. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's yeah. using it's using all that technology from from the prosthetic point of view because one of the things I've found is that even people that are very good uh, sculptors with ZBrush they because they're not mold makers there were certain things they couldn't tell me even though they know ZBrush very well because I was coming at it as a mold making tool I was trying to figure out how to make molds, how to do my flashing and certain things that are not necessarily sculptural. So I'm kind right. of abusing it in its way because it's, I'm trying to do different things with it. And you do have to just play with it, but it's, I do get a real kick out of finding a way of going, oh man, this takes so much longer practically. And then to do, or like you say, those. I mean, I've done stencils for hair pieces. Um, and again, it is that thing where, like you say, it has to sit tight because if the airbrush gets a little bit yeah. underneath, it's 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 blurred, and you haven't got the time to clean it. And it's um yeah, it's 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 an incredible uh, amount of leverage. And I I worry in this podcast we talk a lot so much about the digital stuff, but it makes such an impact on practical things in a good mm -hmm. way that it's kind of unavoidable. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to embrace it, you know. And and for the longest time, I mean, I started and stopped ZBrush twice. Uh, before this third time where I actually said, okay, you know what, I, I got it. I've, I've seen too, you know, too many pieces that people are doing. I've seen too much work coming out of it that, you know, impressed the hell out of me. It's like, I, and I felt like every time I saw something, I was just farther and farther and farther behind. Mm. Um, and I still am, you know, but I, I think I know enough about it to, you know, sort of bash some stuff together, you know, and get what I want out. Um, yeah, I think and, once and, I realized, I mean, once I realized we only need to use about five or six tools instead of you know the I don't know how many there are all together yeah. to to do anything. It just made it so much so much easier. And and I've been watching some videos of that Maddie Spencer did for Nomen, and that was a real eye opener. Just really big light bulb moments. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some of that stuff that it's like, you know, you know, I'll play ostrich and just kind of bury my head in the sand because if I see it, then I'm like, oh, I'm so far. Because now it's like I feel good about myself. I know it. I can play. You know, I've got the tablet. I can make. You know, I make jewelry. I, I can sculpt things in it. You know, and I think it's almost like if I know too much, then I'll. You know, it'll it'll it gets to a point where it becomes discouraging yeah you know right. it's like yeah. <laughs> you'll see what can be done with it and then you'll feel like you have to do that but the problem is the program is yeah. so expansive that it, it can do so many things um and yeah you don't have to do all of you could just do you know it, it can just help you leverage what you normally do um, yeah certainly at first that's how it's it's kind of got me hooked and then i'm like Ooh. yeah and but, then at, at some point you realize oh i didn't know i knew how to do that yeah, yeah. that's amazing and sometimes you do things really quickly that, uh, and I think the other thing is working with, with scan data as well. It's like, I think from a department point of view, to be able to work with other departments with, you know, a uniform language of digital, like you want to be able to throw something to the hair department, but yeah. they're not necessarily a department that would use ZBrush, but it's like, that'd be really handy if they could, because then yeah. you can sort of talk the same language. It's nice to be able to have 
someone in for a scan and you can give the asset to visual effects or whatever and you know bandy things around and especially if you have those complicated effects where there's a rig you know there's a bleeding rig and some air involved so special effects got to do one bit we got to do something else someone's got to run the foam and we can mock up a core in advance and all these things you can kind of make kind of working prototype elements so at least they fit yep. together and, yeah um you know that that's a that's a lovely lovely thing that i don't think would be possible or practical in any other way really well it would certainly take a lot longer yeah no i, I mean the the film that we're on now um you know we've designed a lot of characters uh, you know, some of them in ZBrush, some of them practically, we've scanned everything before anything went to molding, you know, we scanned head hands and then we printed them out. We printed them out as little maquettes. So, you know, in, in the war room, you know, where the art department has all their pictures on the walls, and you know, props are in there and, you know, set pieces are in there, you know, and the heads of departments and production are having meetings. We have all of the heads of our characters as opposed to, you know, two-dimensional designs where you're mm -hmm. left kind of wondering what's this look like from the back or whatever. It's like, here it is. You know, it's, it reads like a chess set of different, you know, different bizarre looking heads. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's really come in handy, you know, for other departments to see what the character is, kind of where it, you know, where our blend is going to be, what needs to be covered. Um, and, you know, not only other departments, but also, you know, internally, it's like, you know, say you've got a character with, you know, 10 horns. It's like, okay, this is the horn placement. Here it is, you know, three-dimensionally, just scale it up. You know, then, of course, we print out the horns scaled up, and then it just becomes pegging them into a printed out, you know, uh, a vacuform or a printed out uh, resin, you know, skull cap. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, so I mean you know, people, people can also interact with things differently when they're physical as well. Cause it's yeah. lovely when you do a makeup and you do your tests and stuff. And that's like the first time you see the finished thing all put together. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, and it's really lovely because you get all, all the stresses that got to that point of being honored and you're like, wow, it works. You know, it's a success or not, you know, as it may be, but <laughs> you know, if it, if it goes well, you're like, you're really pleased. You can kind of expedite that sensation, I guess, and get other people excited. Cause you, you know what it's like, you know, in your mind, what this thing's going to look like. And you really want people to get excited. Maybe it's a thing like when it turns its head, the head's much wider or longer than you thought it would be. And that's part of the yeah. character. And you can't see that. And, and, and animation's okay, but to actually have a physical object and people just absentmindedly play with things and they get attached to them. And I guess people yeah. are like, Can I know, we're, we're tactile, <laughs> we're tactile creatures. We, it, it matters when we can hold it in our hands. I mean, that was one of the things that I was a visual effects animator for years and I still love CGI, but you know, until fairly recently, you couldn't hold it in your hands. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, being a tactical, per tactile person, I want to, that's why I, I, I quit visual effects to start doing practical effects because you can touch, you can get clay under your fingers and you could look at it upside down and from the yeah. top and all, all angles. But now you got the best of both worlds. You can still do the CGI and the next morning be able to, turn that thing around in your in your hand and see it from all those angles and it's it's just so exciting to be able to yeah. do that <laughs> yeah i'll print out everything i do you know just you know because i've you know as a kid i always loved seeing you know behind the scenes of you know so-and-so's workshop or this guy's workshop or whatever and they you know they're always shelves full of maquettes you know yeah. and it's like ah it's like i should have kept that i could have put it on a shelf you know and now 
it's like you know you need more shelves you know if you because you can keep printing these things out you know at any size you want and and you know you reposition them print them out again you know whatever it is you know it's it it's a toy factory yeah you know? yeah it's what it's what uh helped put Leica on the map with with their yeah. stop motion being able to print out all of those facial expressions every single phoneme is yeah. is right there i mean you can turn the sound off and actually read the lips of their characters wow yeah it's astonishing yeah, yeah. but that's again that's that's applied applied that, that technology because there's a lot of people i think get distracted by it and get they sort of fall in love with the process of doing it but not really with any great it's kind of like you know you know picking up a guitar when they're little kids and they just like making the noise with it it's like you actually have to go through the work of learning you know notes and chords and <laughs> put yeah. it together into a pleasant song and it's like that with i think with a lot of well anything really digital stuff or practical yeah. you still gotta you know, serve your adolescence in it and kind of come yeah. out the other side oh, makes me want to sculpt yeah <laughs> it's so worth it it's so worth it learning it is so worth it, yeah you know it totally is and and uh you know i i you know like i said i resisted it for a while um, you know, and I still have friends who resist it, but you know, I, I, I've, I've embraced it and, and it's been, it's been fantastic because it lends itself to so much, you know, I've been doing like these short films and it's like, I'm, you know, making sets in, you know, yeah, in brush and talk to you printing about. out pieces. It's like, oh, this is great. There's so many avenues for that. So do you like wearing the director hat? Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it goes back to you know, going back to anime, it's like, you're in control of everything. You're in control of the, you know, the, and then sort of my philosophy when, you know, I would create characters for myself. It's like, I wanted to design, the, you know, the, not only the makeup, but the wardrobe, the props, the environment, you know, and really create a character, not just a cool makeup and, you know, a leather jacket, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But doing the short films is like a step farther. You know, because, you know, now they, you know, I, I'm bringing them to life, you know, and, and certainly it's collaborative, um, you know, and, and I'm fortunate because a lot of the people that I'm working with on these things, you know, share the same sort of aesthetic vision. Um, and, uh, and we just have a lot of fun doing it. It's very stressful. But, um, yeah, I know, I know Rick's gotten in, really gotten into stop motion. Yeah, uh, since yeah, he's doing amazing stuff. Yeah. So where can we see uh, old time radio? Well, the old time radio horror dot net has the first film up and then I'll be putting the second one, which is old time radio. Your move. Mm -hmm. um, that's the latest be, one. That's the latest one. Um, I just wanted it to go through a little bit of the festival circuit first. And, you know, it premiered at Scream Fest and now. It's in a couple other festivals, but um, I'll just I'll be throwing it up on that website. Um, right. I mean, it, it, you know, ideally, it's like I'd like to I'd like to do that. I mean, that's you know, that's sort of feeding me right now is those short films, um, you know, but I don't want to wait for somebody to say, hey, here, go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. You know, so screw it. I'm just going to do it myself, you know, and, you know, I know enough people that, you know, want to you know, play in the sandbox and, you know, reach out to like Rick and have him come and do a cameo because I thought that would be fun, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, have, uh, have miniatures and, you know, sort of old school movie tricks, 
Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's getting it's getting all of those elements into yeah. it. Yeah, and and you know, Rod is such a great character yeah. person. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, he did twenty seven makeups on himself for a short that he wanted to do, and then you got Marty yeah. Matulis. Yeah, 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 Marty. Yeah, Marty. Uh, Marty and I go way back, and then um, pairing him with Rod just felt perfect. <laughs> you know, it's it started the. Um, Statler and Waldorf uh, without the dialogue. <laughs> Those two curmudgeon old dudes just, you know, just having at each other um, sort of subversively. <laughs> Love it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, the, the, the trailer looks fantastic and the stills are amazing. And thank you thank for you. thank you for letting me put some of those in the book, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Those yeah, are going to be a hoot for people to see i'm planning another one i you know I, um another i'm going to introduce another character sort of a, a love interest that they're both going to sort of rival for the affections of <laughs> can i can you could you indulge me with a little talk about the black mass makeup on johnny depp because i'm really yeah excited yeah absolutely that. that's one of my favorite makeups of all time i love it i think it's oh amazing. thank you and it's when I when I teach classes, it's I, I go through one of the things I like to do is to sort of explain like all the makeups. We go through the typical things that people think of. And uh, it, it, it's shocking, actually, how many people haven't seen like legend and stuff. I'm like, would you look at the Tim Curry thing? Please? Kids these days. <laughs> no, but, um, and then I like to bring it down to like the stuff that you could, you know, uh, observe. And, you know, the materials and, and techniques now are so good that you can hide in plain sight. And I love the idea of doing that kind of stuff now. Obviously, with that makeup, with Whitey's kind of, we, we know it's Johnny Depp, so we can see there's a yeah. change. But you could do that makeup on somebody else, and 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 if you didn't know who they were, well, in all fairness, you didn't really recognize Johnny at all in that. It looked, you know, yeah, I don't think. It, yeah, I mean, you know, ideally, if you didn't know that it was him, you'd just, you know, think it was somebody that looked like James Bulger. But yeah. um, because it was a, a Johnny Depp vehicle, obviously, <laughs> his name's up front. Yep. <laughs> We're not going well, I think those are the point. toughest makeups to do because you know monsters they don't really exist so you can have all of this leeway and um, freedom to take it in in places but if you're recreating somebody who existed in life like like yeah. William Bulger and putting it on somebody else you know creating a likeness age makeup if it's not done well it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. Well, that's yeah. it. Cause it, if it doesn't look exactly like the person, which it's unlikely to, because it's kind of impossible to do that unless you're very fortunate with the casting, but it's, it's, it then becomes a distraction of its own. Do you know what I mean? You sort of know yeah. it. Um, it takes you, you out of the picture. Yeah. Whereas this was love. I just want to talk. I mean, just, it was such a complete transformation. I have to put some pictures in the notes um, so that if people haven't seen it and they should, I mean, he's a vicious guy. Vicious guy, yeah. but he's just, you know, the whole thing's just a complete transfer. Can you talk a little bit about the design of that and how how you would say, so you've got someone that we know what the guy looks like, we know what Johnny Depp looks like and how close are we going to get? And it's that dialogue of, of how far can we go without it looking like a parody of it. Um, yeah. but I went there. I went to the parody in the test. Um, I, I, really, I, at the beginning, they didn't want, meaning, you know, um, uh, the producers, the director, 
uh, didn't want Johnny to wear any prosthetics. They wanted sort of, you know, a Donnie Brasco version of Whitey Bulger. Mm -hmm. um, but Johnny, you know, he's a huge fan of practical makeup and, and transformation and all the, you know, all the movie tricks that are afforded him, you know, becoming a character through props, makeup, hair, wardrobe. Um, he embraces all of that. So he, he wanted uh, a transformation, a, a prosthetic transformation. And then the initial one, I mean, really at that time, before Whitey was captured and sort of then, you you know, his image would come up and documentaries would start coming out. Um, not a lot of people knew who Whitey Bulger was or what he looked like. You know, unless you you knew sort of American, you know, gangster crime, you know, and all that. Or grew but, up in Boston. Or grew up in Boston, yeah, and in Southie. Um, but he, he, at first we had done a full transformation. You know, I did, pulled all the research I could. Um, and we did, you know, lower lip and, and chin, you know, cheeks, you know, upper lip, nose, forehead, the whole bit. Um, and from some angles, it looked pretty close to what I was seeing in the photographs. Mm. Um, but the compromise, you know, like I said, production didn't want that. They, you know, they're paying for Johnny Depp. They want to be able to see Johnny Depp, I, I guess, as opposed to just having Johnny Depp act. <laughs> um, so they the compromise was nose and a forehead piece. Um, and, and really it was the best way to go because it preserved all of this and he could, you know, he could, you know, no matter how, you know, how thin the prosthetic is, you're still, you know, you're still covering a little bit of expression. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he agreed. Um, they agreed and and so that's what we ended up doing problem was they agreed three days before we were about to film so we i mean and i had done Naturally. several versions yeah it was horrible i had done several versions of this uh forehead piece you know it started kind of uh under the cheekbones you know and wrapped up around into the eye sockets came down into the nose then there was the nose piece and then from the sides it went up and in and a little past three quarters of the head kind of stopped up here um that was cast you know molded collapsible core cast in silicone um it had to be seamed from the inside if i if i'm remembering correctly the core was split here inside so it came like right down almost through the center of the eye through the center of that cheekbone piece um so internally it had to be seen and that's like that's a horrible place to have a scene you know on the outside it'd be even worse inside still pretty bad because you've got you know you're getting thin there and you've got yeah, it's your you know sort of yeah exactly but there was no other way to do it there's no other way to split it um and what starting you know going into production three days before we shot meant that we could not have any reject pieces whatever came out of the mold we had to use it we had to fix it somehow get it to our hair puncher who spent 24 hours punching each one of these things so she was on sort of an opposite schedule as us we'd get the thing done 
cement, get it to her. She'd punch hair in it, came back to me the next morning, whatever it was, 6 a.m., glue it on and, you know, trash it. And the next day, do it all over again. And it, we were just, we, we were never, there was one day when he had like a day off or he was sick or something. And we got one piece ahead. And, and, and that was it. It's like, but then we burned it because they picked up that day on a Saturday. So we burned that piece. So we were still, you know, just barely keeping our head above water. And there's, you know, I watched a movie and it's like, oh, there's a, there's the, you know, a particularly bad piece that day. And, you know, and there's stuff like that, that I, I clock. Um, Fortunately, you know, I think you're the only one does. that would notice that. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> um, you know, let's hope. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was tough. That was a tough one, you know, but on the flip side, um, you know, because you really don't have time to, to, you know, come up for air. So you don't know how it's playing um, until one day I saw a newspaper that said, you know, Whitey Bulger is, you know, back in South Boston. And there was a picture somebody had snapped a picture of Johnny walking, you know, from base camp to set, you know, across the parking lot. And it was um, it looked it looked like Whitey Bulger. It was like, holy shit. It's like, I think I think we, we might be pulling it off. You know, um, but then there was a lot of people that came around that had known uh, James Bulger and 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 uh, said, you know, they thought they were talking to a ghost, you know, and and I mean, that's that those are always like, you know, compliments that or comments that I take as compliments, you know, that if they the, here's somebody that knew him, if they're fooled up close, then, you know. It can't be as compromised as I think it is. <laughs> oh, it was glorious. And I love to see, I like to see yeah. that. And then, you know, when you do your, those kinds of things and the stuff in Star Trek, it's just, a, it's just a, a world apart, but it's, it's that same, you know, ethos. you've got the mechanics of, of, you know, how a piece is made, the edge has got to be right. The color's got to be right. It's got to be the right softness. Yeah. You're worrying about how the hair is going to work, where the seams, all that kind of stuff. But then there's also the thing of like, you've got to populate a scene and now yeah. you've got all these different radically things. And each one mm -hmm. of those presumably is still abiding by the same thing. But then if it's a massive thing, like a shell in the head or, you know, it's, you've got weight issues. So there's, yeah. We talk a bit how about much that. creative freedom did you have on the design for, for those characters? Oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, uh, just because there were so many of them, you know, certainly in the beginning and with like the hero characters like Jayla and, and Krull and Manus and Kalara, you know, those characters were scrutinized and, you know, and designed and redesigned more than the others. But at a certain point, it's like, you know, there are 56 of them and they're just like, yep. Okay. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. There's, you know, it's, I, I actually, I stopped showing designs after a while. It's just make stuff and bring it to set. And it's like, oh, great. Let's put it in front of camera. That's, that's, I love it when it gets to that point. That's do, you have a gets favorite, point? do you have a favorite character from that? From, from, that from Star Trek Beyond? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It would have to be Natalia, which is the one with the show. Um, and, and it, uh, that was applied on my uh, stepdaughter, uh, Ashley, Ashley Edner, Tancheron, because she just got married. Um, but uh, we had designed that way back towards the beginning in, in our shop in Burbank before we moved everything up to Vancouver. And then we shot at Vancouver, you know, we're making this thing. Um, 
haven't I, I think we tested it in Vancouver on Ashley and it looked great and you know it was like oh I can't wait to for the scene that they're gonna put this in because they would I would show them you know I would test everything I tested everything myself take you know pictures show it to production show it to Justin you'd be like oh okay we'll put that in this put that in that scene and so far you know now we've moved to Dubai and we've got you know less than a month left and she still hasn't been in a scene. And I, I went to Justin, I was like, you know, what scene is she going to be in? You know, now we're down to like two days, two days to go. <clears throat> so we've got Kirk's birthday party and Yorktown base. Yorktown base is this huge scene, bunch of aliens wandering around, just a bunch of weird heads in the background. And then Kirk's birthday party is a little more, you know, a little more contained, more focused. And there's only a few aliens in there. And I'm like, well, Kirk's birthday party shot the next day. It's 10 o'clock at night. And that makeup took us eight and a half hours to get, eight and a half, nine hours to get her ready. Because it was all prosthetic arms, prosthetic back, prosthetic chest. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it was like, well, I could go get a good night's sleep and, you know, kick this to Yorktown. Or go home shower come right back and jump into this application you know for this sequence you know that where at least will be somewhat featured it's like you know i don't want to be sitting in the theater in a year thinking ah, i should have i should have stayed up all night you know it's like that that would have been horrible after after building you know this house for you know for months it's like i'm i'm, I'm not going to paint it now you know i'm not going to put the finishing coat of paint on the house you know um so yeah so we stayed up and did it and you know and uh paid off got her got her got her yeah it paid off you know I, I would love to have seen her in more you know in in more of that sequence or in another sequence but at least um i can't remember some magazine grabbed the shot grabbed that shot as sort of our like introduction of new aliens for this new star trek yeah. you know which was nice yeah <laughs> and then you'd be like they, they were like oh we should use that more you're like yes you should yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awful when that happens i've done you know you get, especially when there's a lot of background stuff and it's like you do all these makeups in anticipation because you know the call sheet just like this roll call of early early starts and then you know they just sit in their green room all day you know yeah <laughs> just, yeah just, what kind exactly. of what kind of filler was inside the in, inside the dome was it was it foam latex uh, it, it was it was uh, there was a, a fiberglass skull cap and um a foam you know just foam padding and then that was that lightweight uh casting plastic gil liberto oh. casted that for me um and it, it it's surprisingly really light it's like you know hellboy's you know giant horns we made out of that you know um all the horns on on evil the tv show we're making out of that um this this show I'm doing now, we've made some stuff out of that. But that that material, it's like you could bounce that stuff off the wall, you know, and, and nothing will happen to it. It might wow. chip the paint, but it won't something an actor you. can't break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just my soul. <laughs> See, these are the things we like to talk about because it's amazing how much of these things you don't see them on the screen like you don't know but well, you see the, the makeups but you don't you don't necessarily know the, the the pain and the difficulty that went into it and overcoming it yeah. that's one of the things i think people need to appreciate that 
you know, it's doing the job. Obviously, you've got to be able to do the job, but you have to do it within the, you know, the the, the confines of the industry, which yeah. after yeah. the budget's already been spent on on yeah. visual effects. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and it's it's strange to me how often uh, people either can't imagine or they don't see what is required and then when they see it often like oh i get it now <laughs> like, yeah, i just thought it came out of a bag you stick it on it's like no <laughs> yeah oh my god i mean it never is that more prominent than when you're working like on a tv schedule mm-hmm. you know yeah. and trying to keep the bar raised it's like you know i won't you know i won't take on anything where i feel like i have to compromise too much sort of my my expectation of myself and 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 you know the crew compromise their expectations of what we're delivering as a collective studio mm-hmm. um but uh you know the, the, i do this tv show evil um and it, i gotta say it's been one of the best experiences of my career because um we're allowed to create very high-end characters you know um stuff that they you know nowadays they really don't let you do in movies anymore you know like animatronic makeup crossover characters and you know cg you know combo wings and glowing eyes and you know old-time practical effects bladders and stuff you know all of these things we're putting into characters on this show and i kind of have free reign over what i want them to look like so much so that i'll present you know i'll I'll be sitting around thinking like ah you know what i want to do like sort of a baphomet kind of old-fashioned goat devil you know and i'll present it to you know robert and michelle king and and um, this happened on the first season i was like how about we do this for the season finale they're like yeah that's great and they did it for the season finale it's like cool you know and and then i get to make it you know it's like i get to make things that I always wanted to make, you know, I get to go back into my sketchbooks from high school and say, Oh, you know, and I liked this when I was, you know, sketching it back, you know, at age 18, had no idea how to make it. Now I've got the bag of tricks to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. How about something, you know, redesign it a little bit, submit it. It's like, yeah, let's do that. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, sort of letting the the child artist, you know, spread his wings from that's awesome from way back. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, Where are you doing evil in Atlanta? Or is that are you no that's flying back and forth? Okay. Yeah. But it's being built at my studio in Van Nuys. So while I'm in Atlanta finishing uh Red One, which is the film I'm on now, um I'll you know I'll be sending back information to the guys and you know, getting video updates and all that. And then come end of January, I'll rotate back there. And then they've still got, you know, three, four months to go. So I'll jump on that. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love going up to, to Brooklyn and shooting it. It's a great crew and, oh, you know, you really, really fun characters. Yeah. So much different than when I lived there you know at the YMCA. Um, I want to talk a bit about, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, just a little bit about the whole the step up for when you you go from like uh, being someone that has to run a shop for the first time and take control of things. How did you find that? Was that a gradual transition for you or was that just suddenly an opportunity comes along and you're like, well, I've got to, I don't think anyone's prepared for it. And all the people I've seen that have done that 
you know they weren't prepared for it but they just did it anyway and they would they 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 found that they were good at it i guess you just have to take that step and yeah know, from, from a trot to a gallop there isn't there isn't an in-between <laughs> yeah i i think for me that sort of transition um i mean i had started doing my own shows but they were hard to get you know so i i'd done a couple episodes of buffy you know back way back um you know and then i i i got into the makeup union so i started doing more application stuff you know applying other people's makeups whatever it was um then i started working with johnny <clears throat> let me well let me think about this then i i trying to think what really was the first kind of big film i did on my own might have been battle los angeles um and uh, a buddy of mine, Jeffrey Chernoff, asked me to come do that show. Uh, and after, because he knew that I had done, um, no, it was Star Trek. It was Star Trek, the first Star Trek. That's what it was. Because um, he asked me to come do Battle Los Angeles after Star Trek. So uh, they knew, you know, we started Star Trek, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. And um, the Romulans had not been designed yet. And the the ears for the Vulcans had some issues. You know, we were trying to apply them. They were, some of them would turn out, some of them wouldn't. Um, and so production came to me and they asked me if I would take over the Vulcans and handle the Romulans because I had done, you know, I had created prosthetics and, and makeups on the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the first three Pirates of the Caribbean, most specifically the Bootstrap Bill character on part two and three. And they asked me if I could do that, sort of run a shop on set staffed with people that I would hire, but they would pay, you know, so I would basically supervise them. And I was like, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I'll bring in my friends that, you know, do this stuff with me anyway. And we built everything on the Paramount lot, you know, and this was during the writer's strike. So, you know, we were fortunate to have work, you know, and, and I was able to get a couple of my friends into the union, you know, because they had to be in order to work on the lot out of the trailers because everything we were making was done out of the trailer. Did that. Jeffrey then got Battle Los Angeles, asked me if I would come do it. And, you know, the build was bigger. Now it was aliens and, you know, prosthetics on some of the soldiers and all that an autopsy sequence but i mean it's so you know getting back to your question it was kind of a gradual transition you know it, it wasn't really i didn't really think oh you know what i want to open the shop you know it, it was always you know i want to make you know i want to make interesting characters i don't care if i'm you know just doing one thing for one person or you know doing you know, 20, 30, you know, 56, whatever yeah, I guess it that's is. Interesting. Like you say, from your animation point of view, you wanted to be, yeah. you know, to oversee the whole thing anyway. So, uh. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the transition. And then, you know, that led to this, you know, led to Pirates 4. And then, you know, and, and now I was department heading and running the shop on location. So I didn't open up a physical studio uh, until... Probably until right after Logan, after I did Logan, I opened up, a, a, you know, a, a place because, you know, when we'd come back from location, we just put everything in the storage, unit, you know, but then we'd get like little things, you know, somebody needed a nose or, 
you know, some wounds or whatever. There was nowhere to do it. So I was like, all right, well, you know, let me get a small space and, you know, and, and I don't want to be a studio. I don't want to be a makeup effects studio with, you know, all the stuff. I just want a spot to work. You know, ultimately it turned into, you know, we need more space <laughs> and we're making cool stuff and I don't want to put those in storage. I want to see them. So, you know, now I need a display area and all that kind of business. So it just kind of, you know, it just kind of grew sort of organically out of necessity, I think. Do you find it spreads yourself a little thin sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Because <laughs> I can't say no. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, something will come along and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I want a piece of that. And I think something <laughs> that most artists have trouble saying no. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> especially, you know, if it's something that you know, you know, from childhood, like, you know, I did, you know, some characters for the new Haunted Mansion movie. And I was like, oh. A huge haunted mansion fan it's like i've got it Sweet. you know i was busy but you know i'm not going to say no <laughs> no exactly <laughs> i'll you find know, a way to clone myself like freaking juggling that's the hardest part of this is just the juggling you know yeah and yeah. and finding people that you can really trust yeah you know there's people you can trust and then there's people you can really trust really trust to handle things the way you would handle them to keep the bar set where you put it and, you know, to work in collaboration with you without feeling like, you know, Hey, I'm doing all the work. What do I need him for? Mm. You know, that I think is the hardest, the hardest part. Do you have a core group that you have with you on everything? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a core group of maybe, I mean, it's small, you know, four or five people. You know, depending on what the project requires, you know, Gil Liberto is, you know, he's mm -hmm. my other half. I trust him, you know, with my life. Um, and he's been with me on everyone, you know, and then I've got sculptors and, and I, you know, and I'm meeting more people, you know, embrace in that group, you know, like Richie Alonzo, you know, I've, I've been working with Richie forever and, and I love him you know like a brother. kind of richie's kind of an unsung hero he's he really he, is he he's been on everything and he's not a household name no no and he should be because yeah. he's incredibly talented not just as an application artist but as a sculptor it's like there there's nothing that he can't do like when i can get to work with him you know which is a lot it's always it's always special it's a great time yeah so i mean you know those guys are close really close to me you know those are the guys i know i can tell things to and you know they'll they'll have my back yeah that's very important that's very important. yeah really important yeah it's interesting to me that you say that like you know about richie lonzo being an unsung hero, there are people like that that are just entire jobs can depend on them and their their competence, and they're not necessarily on social media shouting about it. So, yep. yeah, a lot of people who are up and coming, I meet in makeup schools who are training and stuff. They're very focused on, you know, their, their social media presence, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it shouldn't be instead of competence. And I really, again, we, yeah. on this show, we really like to champion, you know, being good at something is and being valuable to somebody else. So you can solve somebody's problems. It's really, really good way yeah. of making a living. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like he, um, you know, I, I was able to get him or, well, he got himself on the ticket for Star Trek beyond, you know, on the Academy ticket. So, you know, we went to the Oscars together, you know, and, and that for me was, I mean, that's all I need. That was the win, you know, yeah. is, is to be able to, 
have Richie there being recognized for his work in general, but you know specifically on the film. And um, I remember Bill Corso when he was sort of introducing us at the symposium, he called out Richie and, and said, here's a guy that's been around forever. And just like you said, he's been a part of you know, a lot of the things that you've seen and, you know, and not a lot of people know who he is, you know, outside of sort of the older industry, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, not not even widely known within the business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he absolutely should. And he's helping me on this one. He and I are doing a makeup together on this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is that that runs right. so counter to to how people sort of you know put stuff out and it and the, the irony being you know when you're working on a lot of shows now because of any age you you don't get to show people pretty much what you do anyway certainly not at the time of making it um, yeah <laughs> so, if Richie's yeah. involved you you can bet that it's going to be pretty spectacular yeah yeah exactly yeah I mean it, you know you bring that up about touching on the social media thing I just you know I I've I've got a friend now who who just started. Uh, an Instagram account for me. I had one back in the day and I never went on it. You know, the most I would do is look for artists and, you know, I found some designers from, Mm -hmm. but I, I had him open up a account for the studio for morphology. And just, and that's just because now there's, there's, you know, no prosthetics magazine. There's no makeup artist magazine. It's like, where, where can people see the work? It's, you know, it's social media. You know, yeah. that's, that's the museum now, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, when you're making things and, you know, you want to share it the, you know, normally I, I'd go to Neil or I'd go to Michael and I'd be like, Hey, put this in, you know, do a little article. I'll write it, whatever, put it out in the magazine. It doesn't exist now. You know, yeah. which is we, I, love real that Bill Forsch is, <laughs> I love that Bill Forsch is always posting um, historical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. You know, story about Jack yeah. Pierce and uh, yep. Forey Ackerman and, you know, these i don't know where he finds some of these these images but they're they're incredible yeah and, yeah. I thank, and, and thank that's great that, i mean that there are people doing that yeah because because otherwise you wouldn't you know you wouldn't have that you wouldn't have unless somebody put a book out but then you how would you know about the book yeah social yeah. media <laughs> I, think, I think it's it's tough because i mean like the magazine couldn't keep going because i think the sheer, sheer cost of production really but yeah. but todd and i really uh, we loved writing for it you know we oh, were, yeah, it's a gorgeous yeah, magazine great, high quality yeah. everything in it uh, yeah, and, i loved it and and you know the the show notes that we often do for the for the podcast can be very extensive I and mean, we did like the sean the dead one and it was like sort of 30 page effects breakdown because I, the, the friends i worked with that were on it were like let's let's go it the, through the film step by step and go how do we do that effect we got any pictures of those yeah, molds little, all of little this happened before. and it was you know we'll do that yeah, kind of stuff great. but it takes a while to put it together but it's like because i still get a kick out of that and i know not everyone will like you know someone puts a broken can in the face or something you know that gets millions of likes and then you do like <laughs> a scissors in the eye and, and, and three people thousand likes yeah so 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 there's a there's a diminishing return on on how deep you go with things but i find that i will get emails and Todd will get emails or, or messages of people going oh thank you for explaining how you attach a, a pair of scissors to the eye or whatever because no one's telling them this you know so they yeah. just that's where they can and it's really that's where the work is you know that's that's the molding and the casting and the making the lightweight and getting a scan and making a plate and making sure that it can break off. If yeah, something that won't actually go all the way through your head if you happen to fall down. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. You're yeah, right. that's the problem solving. You yeah, know? It's, it's, yeah. But it's 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 highlighting that and letting other people know that this is the this is the job. 
this is what yeah. you know this is where the work is figuring that out how to do it yeah. efficiently. well i think a lot of people yeah. forget that you know we're playing make-believe yeah it, yeah. it looks real but it's make-believe yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's fun when you get a kick out of it you know and you complete even if you do this for a living you still completely buy into something you know when something happens uh on yeah. screen yeah, well, uh, well, i tell my students you know it's just like you know we get to play make-believe for a living and how cool is that we we get to it's the fountain of youth yeah we, yeah cool. it really we never, never have to grow up because we're playing make-believe and getting paid for it yeah. yeah and you shouldn't grow up you know the second you grow up it's like maybe you're in the wrong business you know you yeah. still have to have that childlike wonder eye you have to see things not for what they are but for you know how you can manipulate them and you know how you can twist them and and turn them into something that you haven't seen before. Yeah, it is fun as well. I I mean I I do enjoy. Uh, I think if you ever get to teach, would you ever do like le- lecturing guest spots or something at Cinema Makeup School or something like that? Yeah, or? yeah, I did. Yeah. I did uh, a couple of classes there, and then I did um, like I would do makeup demos. You know where I would talk along with <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I remember one specific instance. It was um, it was an L.A. IMATS and you were doing a demo for might might have been at, at the Friends stand. And uh-huh. it was at a time after Michael had the, the show was becoming more of a, a beauty makeup yeah. show <laughs> than a than a makeup effects show. And it was, I think, a Saturday, Sunday where there was a line of, I don't know, 150 people, you know, where the free shit at, you know, so the lining up to 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 get a free yep. brush or a makeup bag mm. standing with within arm's length of you doing a gorgeous sil- multi-piece silicone makeup and these people had no idea who you are what the fuck you were doing and couldn't have cared less and and, yeah, and i'm walking exactly. by looking at this and going the world has changed for the yeah. for the worse <laughs> <laughs> well it's that thing of like the people that you you know you want to sort of talk to and, and 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 influence and and inspire and work with all those kinds of things they're still there it's just an awful lot of people like you say are looking for the free stuff when you start seeing the yeah. teeth burning bars and the champagne and strawberry things popping up you're like oh, okay i went to the first imats and i remember you know the the, the full-size Sherman clump figure and you know and, and dick smith was walking around and it was just like oh, you know it was it was just yeah. amazing and i think the internet's kind of like watered down the thrill of that in a way do you know what i mean so you're getting a lot of people just kind of like cruising along for the, for the yeah whatever and it's it's not the same but you know when you do have a good show we had the prosthetics event uh last weekend actually and that that was a really good uh which experience. you did some amazing notes for that too i did to make yeah i did some notes for that i did like 20 pages of notes but i put a qr code up so everyone could, i had to finish the notes first so that when i did the presentation i could everyone could scan it and download it because i thought you're not going to have time to write all this down but it, i hope people did i i hope they did i enjoyed it but it was lovely because it had that kind of even though there was a show last year but it's that kind of post-covid kind of like everyone really enjoyed the fact that everyone was there and there was a huge amount of that um you know uh, uh what's the word every everyone's just inspiring each other and, and talking and getting to the bottom of things and figuring stuff yeah, out no it was great it was my yeah. first and only one to date and it was it was so much fun yeah and it's lovely when people are thrashing out things because you're the face-to-face with people who've done this stuff and when you're explaining um, joel about you know the amount of time you had to put into these hours and i really want people to understand the lengths that you will go to to get stuff done and that's not evident yeah. on the finish 
screen you know or they cut the whole character I mean, I, you know it's upsetting when yeah as long as they pay you but even so it's quite nice well, yeah i mean the, 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 the you know it, it's yeah it's great to make a living doing this but i would do it even if i wasn't you know making a living at it and so to create you know to create a character the the end result of that is to see it on screen and it's really it it doesn't it doesn't live up to its potential until the actor brings it to life you know and and you see it in in its world doing its thing mm-hmm. um, but yeah i mean so much goes into it you know and you can't think it's like oh we're only going to see this for 10 seconds who cares oh it's like that 10 seconds is not 10 seconds that 10 yeah. seconds is freeze right. frame Rewind, yeah. rewind yeah. you know that that 10 seconds is an eternity yeah. you know so everything you do try to keep it at the at the, the level of quality that you would create something that would be the main character throughout an entire film 10 seconds two hours it doesn't make any difference it's all got to live up to that level otherwise you haven't done your job correctly. absolutely and i think not feeling that is um, a red flag to make you reevaluate your your career choices and and your career goals. You know, I tell students when you, you know, as artists, yeah. are, you know, we we talk about this frequently in in the podcast. It's kind of kind of my soapbox issue is, you know, as artists, we're never satisfied with our work. It's never good enough. You know, doesn't mean yeah. you can't look at your work and say, hey, that's pre- that's pretty good. But you should yeah. always be, look at your work and know it could be better if you had more time, better materials, you know, any number of things. It's always, there's always room for improvement. And the day comes that you look at your stuff and go, that's it, man. That's, that's perfect. There's nothing better. Then you're that's, done at that point. That's, you're when, done. <laughs> that's when you need to and start making the circuit because and, and your you, head's in the wrong place. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't enjoy that, you know, if you don't enjoy that process of what are you kidding? Making monsters? If you don't yeah, enjoy that, to then be fun. Oh, fuck, go deliver newspapers or some shit. And do yeah. they have newspapers anymore? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> when, you, um, when, when you're thinking about characters and stuff, because this is one of the things I've really liked uh, when I've done uh, uh, classes and things at makeup schools, particularly where they're going to like the, the, the whole, the whole, um, you know, project will, will basically involve them making a piece. And so it's almost like they rush that very quickly. And it's really nice to sit with that, that, that magical stage before anything's really decided where you can kind of go, okay, now what, what are you going to make and why? Cause I would imagine when you, you know, you're designing characters, you have something in your mind that you want to sort of explain or, or display in some way. Um, can we talk a bit about like just that psychology of like coming up with characters? Cause like, for example, it happens all the time that they, they, they'll say like, Oh, okay, well let, let's fix on like a boxer after a fight. And there'll always be a split lip, a broken nose and a, a cauliflower ear. Yeah. In the black eye like every time and he's just like you know <laughs> let's think about this how else might this go and actually putting a story in it and it's that lovely storytelling aspect of makeup it's not running straight to the makeup box and the brushes it's actually what what are we going to show first what are we trying to say first and and yeah get that yeah and it's with like with alien species where where did this species develop what was the atmosphere and like on on their home world you know how how would they evolve how did they become what they are yeah i mean yeah everything you know whether it's a you know an alien or you know obviously something terrestrial it, if you can bring it back at least for me if you can bring it back to nature and give it some sort of earmark of something that exists in the natural world then that to me helps it feel more believable 
you know, it can be a fantasy character, what you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But if you can kind of ground it a little bit, you know, as fantastic as you want to make it, but ground an aspect of it in reality, then I think it's it it helps the audience make the jump to that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I mean, when you're sitting in front of a, a blank screen or a blank sketchbook or whatever it is, and you know you have to create X, the demon or, a, you know, an alien or, you know, a monster, whatever it is. I mean, you know, I, I, I hate to go back to talking about evil again, but that's what I do on that show. It's like, oh, what do I want to, what do I want to see? You know, what do I want to make? You know, and then I'll, I'll design towards that. I'll design towards something that me as a fan would want to see and, you know, and has a story that me as a fan can chart. Can you can look at, you know, like, you know, putting scars on Godzilla. It's like, okay, well, obviously he's been in fights before. Nothing gets that big, you know, or on King Kong, right? Nothing gets that big without having run into, I mean, we've all got scars, you know, we've all got skin things and whatever it is, you know, it's like those, those stories without telling those stories, you can, you know, throw in little sort of breadcrumbs and, you know, then leave it up to the audience to, to either clue in on that stuff or not. And if they do, then they can follow it to whatever conclusion they want. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, those, it's those things and, and tying things to nature and freckles and, you know, age spots and all that kind of stuff that makes things feel believable. So I like when I did, um, you know, when I, I redesigned the Hellboy makeup on David Harbour, right? You know, I know a mm -hmm. lot of people were, you know, upset that that movie was made and that it wasn't Ron Perlman, whatever. It's like, what, are you going to eat, you know, pasta every day? It's like, isn't it nice to try something else? Doesn't mean you can't go back and eat your pasta. There's, yeah. here's, here's something else. Here's a meatball sub, you know, so let's go, you know, try that. Doesn't take away from what came before, but in that character, I wanted to make him feel, you know, a little less like he was in a comic book, you know, a little more like he was in the real world. So I gave him hair, I gave him scars, I gave him age spots and, you know, you know, skin tags. And it was just a different aesthetic, not better, not worse, just different. It's a, a different way to present that character. I mean, how many different versions of what Frankenstein have seen, you know, how many oh, David Harbour is such a great actor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and, and yeah, and I thought he did a great job. You know, I, I'm happy with the movie, but yeah, I mean, it, it's stuff like that. It's, it's those little kind of little stories in the skin that you know, I think you were talking about adding, you know, when mm -hmm. you're, when you're designing. Yeah, I know. I think anatomy and design is I've re rearranged all the chapters for the next edition of the book and anatomy and design is now chapter one. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, good, and good, also, good. You just penned stories in the skin, which is a great title for something. I don't know. Stories what I've written it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. You what can it. have it. That's my gift. to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I've got to make something cool using it. Um, that's amazing. I realize the time we're probably on an hour and 20. You probably waiting 10 minutes for me. So um, I don't know how you, how's your fire looking? <laughs> starting no, to, need to stoke good. the fire. I might have to throw another log on it, but no, it's still, yeah. I mean, still wow. cooking. That's a good one. Roast, yeah. roast some marshmallows. Well, having not seen, um, seen the latest of your of your shorts how much stop motion do you have in that there's actually no stop motion in that um which is the one thing 
that uh, that I'm going to add to the next one. That's like the one, you know, I, I, I don't have, I don't, there's no matte painting in it either, um, but there's miniature, there's rear, you know, rear uh, uh, rod put it dropped in sort of a, an environment in the back. And there, I guess there's a little bit of animation, but it's something he found of some leaves mm -hmm. blowing, but it's really all just in the, the opening sequence, the, the part that Rick is in. And then we're inside with the Statler and Waldorf characters playing chess, which sounds boring, but it's not. <laughs> now, had, had they developed uh, any of the, the digital animation software yet when you were, were in school or have you used oh, any no. of it? No, no, that was 86. I mean, I got, I have Dragon Frame, but I, I haven't played around with it that much just because uh, I haven't really had the need. Um, I'm going to start diving into it because of the next short. Um, mm. So you were, you were doing all, all hand-drawn traditional stuff and then yeah. having to, so you were, were on an animation board and peg, Yeah, peg with a light and, box and uh, yeah, yeah, pegboard, yeah. yeah doing the um uh what they call it the uh where you the the test you know with the mm -hmm, video test yeah thing yeah I, I would end up doing all my animations like that just i was like oh the fucking video test is great i'll just keep that you know you know why even commit to film <laughs> this is perfect yeah, i don't i don't think a lot of people realize when they watch an animated disney movie that you know, everything's animated on ones, you know, getting into a yeah. language here, talking about animated yeah. ones and twos, Disney animated everything on ones. So it's one, that's an insane you know, 20, amount 24 frames in a second. So they would have that's 24 drawings, 24 drawings. Yep. And for every character, so that's why the, it's so fluid and why animated movies are rarely longer than 85 or 90 minutes, just because of the, everybody's dead at incredible the end. number of drawings you've <laughs> got to do yeah uh, and then you watch like the rank and bass stuff you know like i was watching you know a uh, year without a santa claus and santa yeah. claus is coming to town and that's got to be animated on like fives <laughs> it's yeah. like how long does it take to jump yeah. from here to there yeah <laughs> a quarter of a second <laughs> wow i mean yeah the the the, the whole keyframe things with digital stuff makes it so much easier and everything but the, that all comes from like you say that having to draw that stuff manually and yeah, there's so all, many cartoons you look at like the old tom and jerry content there, there were just thousands of these things oh yeah the, the so much work stuff. well after effects was developed as an animation um program yeah. initially to basically for doing cut out the paper cut out style animation we did a did an animated series for um for Disney for Lifetime um, called Four Women Driving, but it wound up getting getting cut because it was too edgy for Lifetime television. But we used After Effects for it and it was all cut out style stuff that we, all the files were built in Photoshop and then they'd send them to us and we'd we'd animate them all. And After Effects is my, is my favorite software. You know, yeah, the, that's what Zeb we use. Those, those ZBrush has, has kind of, edged after effects out of the way now but uh, yeah. there's there's virtually nothing you can't do in after effects yeah yeah that's what Stuart likes that it too beginning yeah i'm still not as competent as you i'll, I'll still be bugging you with things like oh i can do lower thirds and i can make things blur as they disappear <laughs> with them with, with have, have you guys seen the phil tippett movie is it mad god the oh no i'm yeah, dying mad to god. see that is yeah. I, I think i need to see that because i think that's 
that's something that you know i know i'm going to enjoy it and i know it's going to have i, I hear it's all these different elements the trailer is insane <laughs> but that's yeah. the beauty it's, it's great yeah. I, yeah it's great if you can if you can be in control of something i guess that's you know that the the thing is as someone that's going to animate it you've got a story to tell but also you get to decide the manner in which it's going to be told you know you, you like you say, you may decide on what kind of animation to use because that is actually part of the story. It's not just, it's not the only way, you know. Yeah, Mad God to me looks uh, looks like the kind of movie that that if Ralph Bakshi had been a stop motion animator, that's yeah the kind of stuff that he would, yeah. would have done. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 cool because it's very experimental. You know, it's got this sort of experimental feel to it. You know, he's he's animating live action, you know, like real people. He's animating, you know, the certainly the puppets and, you know, the backgrounds are staggering, you know, and he's got, you know, it's loaded with visual effects. It's just a beautiful, you know, beautiful project all around. And then and now he's got the, the book, you know, he's got his book out. That, mm -hmm. that I think it's just hitting the stands. Yeah, I think I might buy that for Christmas. Me, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I mean, as, because there's so many people that will do stuff, you know, on projects and they're, they're limited to what, you know, they've been asked to do on a film where if you get to sort of control everything, well, you're the god of it all, you know, you get to animate something. Yeah. It's really interesting to see yeah. what happens when the gloves are off and he can do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. Uh, and yeah. you must feel that to some degree with your own stuff, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's yeah, it's, you know, I would love to do something for a mass audience. You know, I would love to take this sort of. You know, because the way I approach these short films, it's very fun horror, right? It's like sort of, you know, it's family horror. It's pure horror. It's not, it's not dark. It's not, it's not disgusting. It's, it's like the Haunted Palace, you know, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. Vincent Price kind of horror. And, and um, you know, I would love to do something for a mass audience using these characters, but with films like Terrifier 2 and, you know, and, and. And that, it, it, this is it, the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I enjoy seeing, you know, not that I don't enjoy that, but I just don't think that there's a huge market for it. So I, I sort of gave up trying to get people to invest in it and just figured, you know what, I'm just going to make it myself. Do I don't it. care. Yeah, there might yeah. not be a huge audience, but it might be enough of an audience, you know? Yeah, no yeah, so I, think it's, I think it's that, that enthusiasm and that, that passion to make it what you want it to be. Yeah. That will make it something other people will want to see. And that's, yeah, that's, it, that's it, my, that's how know. my, my brain rationalizes it. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right because the more, you know, the more sort of heads you get in it, the less it's going to be your vision yeah. animation. And, and, you know, the short film that, you know, you can, it can stay your vision. You can accept the, the advice and the suggestions of, you know, those people that you're collaborating with or, or not, and you can collectively just make it your own thing, you yeah. know, and if everybody's sort of on the same trajectory and on the same path and everybody knows what it's supposed to be, then they know not to, you know, not what doesn't fit. You know, and mm -hmm. you keep the stuff that fits and you reject the stuff that doesn't. But I thought, you know, when I was sending the first old time radio around to the festivals, I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I could take these two characters, soon to be three characters, and offer them to other filmmakers to utilize these characters, keeping them in, you know, this sort of innocent horror world, 
you know, I'll do True to their origins. You, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I make sure that the script was right and, you know, and what have you sort of produce the thing from a makeup effects standpoint, lend my characters and just let it be sort of this underground kind of film club of people making films with these guys, you know. It'd be interesting to see, to get J.J. Abrams' take on them and then to get John Landis's take on them. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah Michael yeah, Bay's exactly. take on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love that. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? It's like, <laughs> yes. it's, you know, yeah. there's so much work in, in doing, you know, this last one's 12 minutes long. It's, you know, it's wardrobe, it's props, it's getting mm. the location, you mm. know, getting the, the, my DP getting, you know, him getting his grips and electrics and running a generator and all, you know, all the stuff that, you take for granted as a makeup artist on a film, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody else is handling that stuff when it's up to you to do that. It's like, Oh, geez. They, yeah. I forgot about all that. You know, I forgot about this. I forgot about parking situation, you know, bands yeah. doing rounders and whatever. That's a you great know, education. It, yeah, it really is. It's like, it, it really, this last one really opened my eyes to how much work really goes into it. So, mm-hmm. but still at the end of the day, it's like, I made it because I wanted to see these two guys playing chess. And sure enough, you know, at the end of the day, there they are playing chess. And, you know, it's very rewarding for me. Yeah. And then I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought if I sort of lent them out to to other filmmakers, you know, it'd be fun to see what they could come up with using these guys and just let it grow as sort of this That's underground awesome. movement. It's, it's, it's out there <laughs> in the atmosphere now. Yeah, yeah. right. Open source <laughs> characters kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's amazing. That's a great idea. I mean, I think this is really important because I think any endeavor that is going to take some time to do and will be met with difficulty will be overcome because you have a clear vision of what it is you're trying to do. And that will power you through. That will sustain you when things get tough because you have, you know, a focus point and the distance to to work towards. And I think that's really important to have a clear idea about something. Um, now you yeah. need to do those makeups again and scan them. So you've got digital assets as well. Oh, I've already done it. Oh, there already you go. <laughs> I should have I known. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but you're right. I mean, then, you know, if you wanted to animate them, you know, it's, you know, the like uh, the, you know, I can't remember what the show, I think it was Bob's Burgers, I, you know, did a show where, they had like 20 different animators all doing their different styles with their character, you know, like that kind of a thing where they, they told one story, but everybody brought their own artistic style to drawing the five main characters of that series. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to see that. Yeah. I think South Park, I think South Park guys did, did a couple of episodes in where they had scenes in it style of Disney and, and there was some like anime, anime and yeah. Stuff. yeah exactly yeah 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 it's like that kind of thing i think is really cool but yeah i mean we've got them as digital assets you know so it would be cool to compile let's just say and and whatever 86 minute feature of you know shorts made up of at least you know it'd be cool for me to see that but I, yeah know, that's that <laughs> there's like no story idea. i don't know if you could hold people <laughs> but I mean, those were always intended as like a wraparound to, you know, sort of an EC, you know, Warren publication, you know, like, uh, you know, those kind of um, morality tale, mm-hmm. you know, supernatural revenge story kind of thing, you know, and it would be like the 
the binder through all that. It would be the wraparound through all that. You'd come back to these two guys, you know, doing whatever they were doing and the radio would turn on and it would, you know, you'd go into the radio and come out of sort of any kind of broadcasting device within the context of the story that you find yourself in. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I, that, I, I haven't seen that, so I'll have to check that out because, I mean, I really love that, you know, the sort of the hammer and, you know, those anthology stories and all that kind of stuff and amicus, you know, yeah. that, 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 that's a, and it is that charm. It's that, that it, it's horror, like you say, but it's, it doesn't need to be, it's not torture porn. It's, you know, it's, it's just, exactly. you know, yeah. I'm a big fan of anthology series. Yeah. And yeah, the whole family same. can enjoy that. that Where, lovely. You've got a, You've yeah. got a home base and every, all the stories emanate from whatever happens in this, whether it's a donut shop or a travel agency or whatever. And yeah. Boom. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just somewhere to go. And yeah, I mean, I, it, the two things I'm going to do next, it's another, you know, another segment of, of the wraparound, which is those guys. And then a, a legitimate, first episode which is this uh, story called pumpkin boy that i think i may actually shoot out here in kentucky because i've found some pretty amazing locations while i've been here but that's animatronic puppet and you know a whole you know i gotta get kids that know how to act you know that's that's the, that's the hardest thing i think that's the thing that like when i'm watching youtube and I, i'm seeing short films or even feature films the thing obviously acting is a big thing but the thing that that lets me know that it's low budget is is the are the sets. It's the location because if I, I don't know, maybe I, I accredit working with Gore Verbinski, you know, on the pirate films to mm. to really clocking what a background looks like and being able to layer it with surface excitement and things, and you know, it, it just packing the background full of objects because you know you see a lot of like videos on youtube and the horror shorts or whatever it is that are just shot in a park it's like yeah okay well there's white wall and there's a wallpaper and whatever you know it's it it doesn't have uh you know it doesn't have an atmosphere you know you need to create an atmosphere and and that's what <laughs> that's when i first realized i needed to get you know a shooting permit you know if i was gonna film in glendale because i found a place that had an atmosphere it's like okay we're going to shoot short here came the shooting permit came you know the covid person and the whole it's mm -hmm. like oh good lord it's like a lot of stuff comes with this yeah you know but it, it's important it's really important otherwise you go oh, okay well this is you know yeah no it, it just adds it. so much to the production value of what you're doing yeah. with you've got these real tasty environments and and locations that looks like you spent a fortune on but yeah you know, it could take yeah. advantage of someone's good graces to let you into their living room that's got exactly the right piano and the fireplace with the stone wall exactly and yeah exactly and the place i found was great i mean they he had curios and you know stalls and weird things already there you know it was like okay great you know brought in a couple of things you know that i needed to tell a story but you know, it was, it was already layered, felt rich. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, that coupled with the acting and I think you can go anywhere with that. Yeah. yeah and the makeup was pretty good too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I blew that one, then I might as well turn it in. <laughs> yeah. I think you got that. Covered. I got to get this right. <laughs> I'll get yeah. forgiven for that, but not for this. <laughs> 
yeah we did i did some um for stuff for, for david lou velsi they had, they made a, some short films and they made one just during the lockdowns and covid and uh yeah we were talking about the makeup design everything was just like you had me do this makeup for it it was so much fun because there wasn't that pressure of, of of a you know a big show with all of the demands of that and you can yeah. really really get to town you can sort of you know own it and, and design it utterly and make it just so and i spent far more time on those molds and the sculpts is the that the one with the teeth yeah I, I yeah. spent way more time on it than i needed to because it was a joy to do and and you know and it's one of those things that i'm ever saying you know if we can't get the makeup right you know what i mean it's like that's a fair point yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's so many other things to worry about but when that when it's all comes together i guess it's amazing i don't think i would be good for that kind of thing i don't know if i i could i could draw pictures and stuff but i can't think of a whole story out for from start to finish i'm really impressed with people that can um and it's great and it means other people can you know have work so keep yeah, on keeping yeah. on. i'm really excited to see I, where we go try. well if you've got a small small crew you can run and gun too you can get guerrilla exactly. guerrilla shooting permit not not screw in, that not glendale you can't because no. <laughs> <laughs> i went to this probably, company you probably could in kentucky yes exactly and i don't plan on getting any permits here if i have to fly everybody here and get a permit yeah. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw I, I saw their film. Was it Keep the Gaslight Burning? Is that that was the, a great, yeah, that, yeah. The, was ghost, a, this, one, the yeah. one with the Rick in it as the yeah, ghost. That was so much fun. That was so yeah. cool. Yeah. That, that yeah. was very inspirational. I have yeah. not seen that one either. That one's good. Was, I Dave, saw it on Dave Amazon. Was, Dave, Dave promised he said he was going to send me a link to it, but I haven't. There are links. You can he I'll send you the link. He basically put a thing up to the Vimeo. You you message him and then he sends you the password. I think that and stay oh, alert. Cool. I did is on there, but obviously it's not out out for the general public, but it's it, you can email him for the password. He put a link up for it, but I'll send that to you. All right. Um, yeah, that's good fun. Maybe yeah, I'll no, do that. Be... Maybe I'll just open this up on uh, Vimeo and then okay. let people see it yeah yeah i think that's great because it, yeah. you can do so much more with a shorter format like that and cram so much in and and i, I love it when you see things because you kind of get little hints to things that you don't see you know you're so used to seeing mainstream movies that when someone really cares about something and makes a short it really stands out you know it kind of gets you in a way that you know you're not familiar with and, and it, it kind of feels like it's lacking and it's lovely to yeah. see that. you know 12 yeah. minutes is, is a is a good length that you can say everything you want to say and leave people wanting more and yeah, you can give it, give them more later on. But I love your yeah, idea exactly. about getting other, getting other filmmakers takes on your characters. Well, like I you think, said, we just think put that's it a out winner. there. So let's <laughs> see what happens. That feels like a good place to, to, to wind up. You must be getting cold now. Your toes are getting cold. I'm um, actually fine. This thing got a good jacket a job over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well joel thank you so much i really appreciate giving you a time like this my and, pleasure um, that's been fun uh, yes uh yeah. it's been a good one for us and did not disappoint thank you so much excellent good i'm glad awesome. <laughs> glad right. i could live up to the wonderful work you guys have done prior oh well thank you so much thank you oh that's lovely to hear thank you yeah joel thank you so much for your time really my pleasure you. gentlemen thank you so much todd stewart it's been fun how cool was that? Yes, that was great. That was great. All right, dude. That was an awesome chat. Thanks for arranging that and getting that organized. <laughs> so childish. That's why you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. <coughs> Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening. Okay, I'll do the makeup.